were a couple instances where you guys were in nickel with the two down linemen, and they there were a couple. Of that is baffling to me when people talk nickel defense and they talk about two down linemen because I don't know what that means. True down linemen, you've got two inside linebackers. So got outside linebackers, just so you know how us in this profession view outside linebackers. Ooh. When you go to nickel defense, they are defensive ends. Okay. And we have some of the bigger outside linebackers in this league. So I think it's comical when I hear people talk about, oh, they have two down linemen. I'm like, to me, people are exposing themselves when they say that. Oh, filthy. Like, there is four defensive linemen on the field. When we go out there, basically when we play teams, 3-4 defense is not something new, right? That is our base defense. But when you go nickel defense, those outside linebackers become defensive ends. Let's go to a little life out here. That's a spicy meatball. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And it's time for... You're going to do it? You're going to do it? You're going to... Hey, ho, hey. Oh, it's a quick snap pause. For your big up a cash. Are you doing it? Yo, you doing it? Hey. Talking to you, doing I can hear you doing it. I can see you. I can smell you. Uh, there you go. There's Matt Lafleur. Right, we've done it, folks. We've broken Matt Lafleur. Um, it took a couple of years, but we've done it. Look, Matt Lafleur to me. Well, he's get he's frustrating, and he's. I'm sorry for rubbing my face. There. He's frustrated, and he's starting to crack. And I wonder why. It's not a good look. It reason isn't a good look. Is it understandable? Maybe. Maybe it is, but that's part of it. Look, this is one of a long litany of sort of little crack moments that we see. First off, he's telling Pete, not Air Pete, you suck, Pete. And then he comes out after the game last week and pretty much throws Aaron Jones under the bus and says that, like, you know, I was frustrated. Now, he he's always one to say, and it was very annoying, Um like, oh, this is on the coaching staff. We need to do, you know, this guy messed up. But hold on. We need to do a better job and blah, 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 blah. And when you look at it, the cold face of the day, when you look at it and say, look, Aaron Jones should have known better. It was a real rookie mistake to me. What the hell was he doing? That's all applicable. Um, But you don't, when a coach who isn't usually coming out and saying these types of things against these players, particularly against one of the few veterans that he has on offense, um, the guy who's, helping pick up the team and we've seen Goody almost to a paranoid sense wants to keep the locker room together and to be in a winning mentality at the same time as gutting all these veterans um well then you sort of think this is completely at odds with what he should be doing uh but and then to turn around and to eviscerate Jason Wildey like that uh about two down linemen um saying it exposed you know it's just it's belittling and it's condescending um, and it's not a good look. Now, I understand the frustration, right? Uh, because I'm not... Matt LaFleur actually does have a Twitter, and I'm not, I don't think he's logging onto Twitter and going, oh my God, the fans, and then sort of thinking about what the fans are saying. However, uh, there's something pretty strange happening. Is it all that strange? Is it highly predictable? I don't know. Something strange happening in 
uh, Packerland that after every single game now, uh, uh, and these games are close, and I'll go back to the expectation of it, is that we shouldn't be expecting all that much, right? Uh, and again, you'll have the moan birds out there who will go, well, uh, yes, you should be expecting more of the defense. Yes, Joe Barry should be doing a better job. And in fact, those two down linemen, and what's he mean by that? There's two linemen with their hands in the dirt. The rest of them don't. Um, and we got Gouch on the run in that play, so it didn't work. Now he goes on in that soundbite and talks about, well, the Steelers did it, and they seem to stop the run, uh, which is not a good indictment for Joe Barry. However, in the fan base, there seems to be this sort of post-game witch hunt every single week now. And it took a really ugly turn, I found after the recent loss because okay we're used to sort of calling out Joe Barry and he should be doing better and then LaFleur gets thrown under the bus and people are like oh my he's LaFraud you know you see all that sort of nonsense online um, and then they went after Christian Watson now was Christian Watson underwhelming yes does he make sort of rookie-ish mistakes by not fighting back for the ball yeah is he running bad routes at times yes like, yeah, he's making mistakes. And there was all of this comparison between, you know, Devontae Adams and him and you can't give up on people, blah, blah, blah. But there was loads of different stuff that was released during the week. One of them was is that Christian Watson was drawing double teams more than any other player. So he has that pressure to deal with. And we saw when that happened to Devontae Adams when people realised that Devontae was unbelievable. Uh, he started to draw more coverage and that gives more space to other wide receivers and all that. But there's a really good YouTube channel called The Quarterback School and he sort of breaks down the throws that Jordan Love is making and what the receivers are doing and what they should be doing and what Love should be doing. And it's not a hagiography video of Love and how great he is. And I will get around to the charges in a second. Uh, it's It sort of goes into the routes that are run and what Jordan Love should be doing and the mistakes that he's potentially making and some of the good throws that he's in. And to cut a long story short, and the video is like 40 minutes of that game uh, just gone, um, is that... Yes, he's like he he shouldn't be hitching at the point he is. He, that read that he's making is probably not the best one, but in a fast-paced game, that's fine. And there is a couple of times that he shows Christian Watson running a route, and you know he's supposed to bottom out the route, but he drifts, and that causes an almost interception. You know things like that. Um, but this is what we kind of expected from this team. So I don't know why Lafleur is cracking the way he is now. Um, I don't know what the frustration is. You can guess what it is, right? Is that it's people calling for his job, people slandering Mark Murphy, uh, getting on Joe Barry's back. Um, is the frustration that the team is being given as such? And I don't know how much he's had a chance to architect this team himself um, or how much input he has. But is he frustrated that Goody has given him a brand new offense and they have to grow together? Because... It's on the face of it, you would imagine it's a strategy that's not going to work. And it's very risky. And I know, you know, Goody was saying you want these players to all grow together and all that. That's perfectly fine. But when you don't have veterans in there, particularly no veterans in one group of skill position, which is wide receiver, um, or he expected more experience from Romeo Dobbs and christian watson to make that step up and be the guy or whatever and they have right to a certain extent um is is it a is he looking at goody as if to say like well look at the hand you've dealt me here um because from what we know from lafleur's past schemes and the plays that have been broken down by dan orlovsky and by this guy in the quarterback school 
and you know it looks like Lef- and then Jay Sternberger came out on Pipakowski's show and was talking about just how many coaching points that these so these young guys and he says there's more of an onus being put on the rookies to you know know exactly why they make a move how they do so if you see this type of defense break off your route here and do this you know and how to modify your route if something happens based on if the play breaks down and you know why are you doing that and you know and there's about seven different things to think about on each play so when you're putting that kind of pressure on rookies are you looking at it and kind of going well look you're you're kind of putting my ass in the hot seat now so Goody's went out on a limb he's tried to replace a first ballot hall of famer and Aaron Rodgers he's went with Jordan Love but bad O-lines always make quarterbacks look bad um, wide receivers who can't run the white white wouts uh, make quarterbacks look bad. And for Aaron Rodgers, it's an instant. Oh, the receivers are being terrible. Oh my god, I can't believe they're they've haven't surrounded him with wide receivers that are good. And that it, it's comical, isn't it? The way not to be Matt Lafleur about it and say that it's comical and exposes. Don't expose yourself. Uh, but it's sort of it's amazing how it flips, isn't it? Is that if you give someone wide receivers that are either injured or not running the right routes. Um, and if it was Aaron Rodgers there, you'd go, oh, a poor guy. But now it's like, well, Jordan Love is trash, obviously. You know, it's so bizarre the way your perspective can change. So I wonder, is LaFleur looking at it and kind of going, I'm trying to train these lads. Um, they're making brain farts in games. We're close in a lot of these games, and we could potentially be 7-2 and two right now, but they're 3-6. and six because of those one-score games or where they could have won or he throws an interception at the end of the game trying to win it all or whatever. And we've seen what happened with the Steelers. They've got outgained in every single one of their games that they've won. And they've won all of their games by less than a score, um, a touchdown that is. And look at the predicament that they're in. They're playoff bound. So it can all turn on kind of a knife edge and it literally is a game of inches. So is he looking at Goody and the organization saying, well, you've got me in the hot seat in an impossible situation, you've got Joe Barry, a dead man walking. Uh, Rich Passaccia is the same. He was the special teams guru, and now that's not even performing. So you have us all on the dole line here, potentially. Um, to add to that then, not only are there jobs at stake, but the players that played well last year, to me anyway, are either injured, there are a few exceptions, are either injured or massively underperforming. So he's got that to contend with as well. Joe Barry is Joe Barrying uh, when it comes to defense. Sometimes the defense is absolutely incredible. Um, and a lot of the time it's missed tackles and stuff like that. So you, can we blame Joe Barry about that? Other times it's just a scheme mismatch. Or is LaFleur frustrated because he's he's trying to coach a team that he wants instead of coaching the team that he has? Are these plays too complex for is his system just inherently complex and you need a guy like Aaron Rodgers to run this thing and you need a Devontae Adams who's not only got the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers but knows how to fit into that scheme you know and it's sort of what is he frustrated is he is he finally cracking to say like like I'm doing all I can here and it's still not working the quote that he came out with uh, last week or the week before is that we just have to keep going and just believe that this thing is actually going to pan out and is that the case is he still coaching these rookies these second year guys and saying 
this happens, do this. If that happens, do that. If that happens, come back. If that happens, is that what he's doing? And the person who was the mastermind of all of this is Jordan Love, and he's got to execute. Now, from looking at the quarterback school breakdown of like 40 minutes, it looks like that when Jordan Love plays within the system and makes the throws of where they're supposed to go, and a lot of these throws are anticipatory throws, where he will throw the ball before the receiver gets to the end point. And if that's the case, if your receiver's not playing the right route, or he cuts off the route, or he gets jammed and is delayed, or whatever happens, well then, if you're making an anticipation throw, it just makes Jordan Love look bad. And I'm not saying he's perfect, that's not what I'm saying, but it's just, there needs to be an awful lot of trust there, which is why you see Aaron Rodgers basically didn't trust the young guys, because if he's making that throw a second before the player is even in that spot, well then you want to make sure that he's in the spot. And there's a couple of throws that the quarterback school breaks down where, you know, he's making throws across the middle. If that receiver isn't there, it's going directly into, you know, the Steelers' chest and he has to go up and make that play. So that's what he's dealing with. And instead of standing up there on the podium and deflecting or... And look, and this this is the conundrum, right? Is that you'll have a coach like LaFleur who, to me, has never been all that charismatic and then they played the, you know, locker room speeches and the, the rah-rah speeches and he's always kind of fumbling over himself. He seems to be a fantastically technical coach and he really knows his stuff. Uh, but his weakness, obviously, is in that regard, right? Now, to how much that's important nowadays, I don't know. Because it's very hard to kind of, not unless you're Dan Campbell, is to slap lads around the place and get them in shape. You know what I mean? And that's why, yes, we don't want hard knocks going into uh, Packer land, right? But at the same time, you'd like to get a bird's eye view to see, are these players being chewed out or what's going on there? Or would that even work nowadays with everyone having their own brand? But he is showing the cracks now. He's, He's not... And look, I understand, right, that he's up against the situation and he's under massive pressure and scrutiny. He has to get results with limited resources. Everything seems to be going against their way. I mean, we lost that game to the Steelers and you could put it down to a poor coaching decision. We lost the game against the Vikings, which we were at, and Kirk Cousins goes off injured. And we had so many chances at the end of that game to win the game and it just didn't pan out. And the other sort of one-score games as well. And if you look at the early part of the season... Uh, you know, where you're putting up crazy scores, what was it, 62 points in two games, and then all of a sudden that drops off because we can't score in the first half. Then we're always playing two-minute offense. It's a load of this stuff coming together, so I understand that he's frustrated. However, uh, there's always an excuse not to do something, and there's always an excuse to act a certain way. And there are times everyone gives in, but when you're in a job and it's your job to do it, um... You you have a choice. Everyone has a choice all the time, and sometimes we crack, and sometimes we don't do it. And if you're in Matt Lafleur's shoes, unfortunately, you have to keep standing up there and giving the canned responses. Because once you start telling journalists that they suck, when you start telling veteran players, you know it's all their fault, and that you're pulling your hair out for twenty seconds, it may be true, and you may get some plaudits for saying it. And I love honesty when it comes to... It's why I stopped interviewing players. Um, because you talk to the guys and they just give you the same old response. It's very hard to get something authentic. Um, you know, and if you want, you can say what you like. You know, uh, Eric Van Tag says it's unacceptable to do this, that and the other. But the minute he says it, it's headline news. And that's what happens here with Matt LaFleur. And it's a bad look. Um, 
instead of just standing up there and saying to the point of we're very young we're still learning bear with us lads you know we'll get through this you know that should really be the message day in day out and i just wonder if his frustration in the media is feeding into the locker room and just what damage that that can do because up till now anyway and with the evidence of you know aaron jones getting dontavian wicks and grabbing him by the helmet and saying you know son keep your head up um, and we saw interviews coming out still this week of Jordan Love and he's laughing and seems like he's in good form in the locker room because the team are still rallying behind him. I don't think this team is as bad as, uh, you know, they appear because they, they're dropping down on all of the power rankings. But it's incredible to me how the defense for a large part of this part of this season has kept the Packers in games despite the call for Joe Barry to, you know, pack up his box of stuff and leave. And some of the stuff has, like, we get gouged by the run. That was atrocious. Um, So, look, they're one-score games. They were winnable games. And it's amazing how if we would have just squeaked a win on all of those, the narrative would be the complete opposite. It would be LaFleur finds a way to win. Jordan Love makes the throw when it really comes down to and he has to. You know, and it's so amazing the way that can turn on a knife edge. Look, we're going through hell. And you know what they say about going through hell? Keep going. And I think that's where we're at. Do I think the team will pan out next year and it'll be good? It should be better, obviously. And Bill Huber brought out a good article on, I think it was Sports Illustrated, because he works for them, uh, where he was talking about all you're looking for is improvement, right? You're not looking for, you can look at the wins, but the win is an end result that to a large extent you don't have any control over. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but if you are improving every time, and even if you're not winning, sometimes it's not about the win, especially in a rebuild period like this. It's about, are people getting more experience and are they learning and not committing the same mistakes again? And if they are, at least that's progress. So he was showing how it was Jordan Love's, you know, season high or career high in yardage. Um, You know, Dubs was doing it, you know, and he was going through all these different players and sort of proving, like, yes, they're all getting better. But there's an awful lot of stuff that has conspired against the Packers this season to add to an already difficult hill to climb, which is special teams not being great, uh, key defensive players being out, key offensive players being out for a stretch. Uh, your offensive line is is poor a lot of the time. There's, on that quarterback school, I've almost said it, it's like they're sponsoring this podcast for like the seventh time mentioning them but like there's plays that he breaks down and you can see the left tackles getting bulldozed you know so what can you do in those situations but get the ball out so I don't think we're as bad as it's made out to be and at least if we run games closer and we get better in individual areas now how are we going to fare against the Chargers well one of the lads was saying to me today, like, look, the Chargers don't have any wide receivers. So, you know, we could have their number in this. It could, again, be close because the Chargers are fantastic offensively and dire defensively. So if we can get our offense in any way functioning, well, then it's we stand a chance. However, uh, Keenan Allen is supposed to, he's not, participating and he's he has injuries but apparently he's going to be out for the game now whether that's mind games or not i don't know but to me that doesn't really matter for the packers right because if they don't lean on their wide receivers they will lean on austin eckler and that guy's a demon he's next level and we have already proven uh, against teams like atlanta with Bijan robinson is that 
even when we know they're coming, uh, we always knew that the Atlanta quarterback was not going to do a number on us particularly and he was massively inept coming into that game and Bijan Robinson put up career numbers. So I don't think we, even if we have advance warning, that we can stick it and stick the landing as such and, and stop the run. Um, and I think that might be the case in this game. So I don't think that's any indicator. And when you look at the points that they can put up, um, it what would it, it'll come down to being if we keep a close some sort of an offensive shootout, uh, which for us we've only just got it together uh, since week one last week against the Steelers in the fact that we scored early. So in their opening game against the Dolphins, they put up thirty four points and still lost. They put up twenty four against the Titans in week two, still lost. Then they beat the Vikings twenty eight. Um, but their defense gave up 24. They beat the Raiders 24-17. Then they lost to the Cowboys. They put up 17. Lost to the Chiefs. Put up 17. Uh, then they won against the Bears. Put up 30. Won against the Jets. Put up 27. And then they lost last week's game to the Lions. Even though they put up 38 points. Because their defense gave up 41. So, you know, their defense is bad. But their offense is one of the top offenses in the league. It's top 10. And I think we've proven that we got steamrolled by the only top 10 offense that we've come up against this season. So judging by that, we're going to lose this game. But if we can keep the game close, it's either because our defense has massively stepped up and stunted them, or the offense just goes all or nothing and just starts lobbing balls everywhere. Jordan Love comes down with a good few interceptions. We get a few defensive turnovers, um, but we also get some highlight reel plays from him as well, and we just go for broke. Um, do I still believe in the team? Absolutely, I do. Um, is that bad? Probably. But I think this team can get something going. I, I do still trust in Matt LaFleur, despite him going through his sort of snarky, uh, spicy meatball period. I think that he's still a good coach. Um, so it's a winnable game. <laughs> I say this every time. But we could have won that game against the Steelers. We could have won that game against the Vikings. We can win this game against the Chargers because they're one of those teams that are uh, massively disappointing with what the record is you know but uh, and I feel this can go one of two ways I think we lose heavily and it just sort of lumps woes and we pick up some injuries and it lumps more woes and Matt LaFleur and friends or we cause the upset and come away with a win and we look somewhat convincing and we improve on last week and we actually close out a game and then I feel that the narrative will switch around but I think we probably are exactly where we realistically expected we were going to be at this point now it's a tough run of games from here on in um so you know a record might not look great but if you look at some of the historically bad teams and i put that in air quotes and the falcons were one of these teams before they went on that uh sort of run to the super bowl the prior year i think they lost nearly every single one of their games by seven points or less or maybe even four points or less. it was something it was an insane stat and they were like the only team in nfl history so the packers might be nearing that and i think that if you have a team led by basically a first-year quarterback uh dealing with wide receivers still making throws in rhythm that look really fantastic at times yes there's a stop drop and roll element to uh the way the Packers receivers play this game sometimes where they're catching the ball, they have to stretch out to get it. And then the only way that they can get a yakety yak is by dropping to the ground as if they're on fire and rolling for an extra one or two. 
So if we were to shore up that kind of stuff and find out what the hell's going on with Jordan Love's deep balls, uh, well, then we might have something special next season, you know? And I don't mean special as in, do we go to the Super Bowl, but certainly an awful lot better and we win some of these tight games. It's only when you lose tight games that you kind of learn how to win tight games. You know, you need to pull out a few of them out of the bag. Um, And you have to do it before the rot sets in, before people start to lose faith in the coaches. Uh, they start to get overwhelmed because stuff is too complex. That's what put uh, Josh McDaniels out the door with the Raiders. And the minute he left, the mood lightened. Everyone had a party and they start winning games. Now, am I saying that's what LaFleur is like? No, and I think that we can't forget his record. I think when you give him the weapons that he needs, and you might go, well, Jesus, Steve, like, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers, if that's the weapon that he has to have to make this thing work. But I think that's being dramatic. Um, But win and I think we see a wave of optimism lose and I think we see another post-game witch hunt the one against Christian Watson was just bizarre because he and it didn't make it any better that his family came out and started trying to defend him and then throw the coaches under the bus that's the start of something bad and you would hope that the young player doesn't listen uh, but we don't need that we don't need family members coming out and then deleting tweets it's it's a juvenile and asinine from all parties and then to dive on them and start kicking the the living Jesus out of them as well. You know, let's just calm down and not cannibalize our own. <laughs> Can we please? But anyway, hopefully we win. Look, if you want to win signed March, go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. It honestly literally takes 20 seconds to sign up to Patreon. You sign up once, you forget about it. And the next thing you know, you're getting an email from me saying one of two things. One, if you've, you've won a fantastic signed item or number two, that you've won a golden ticket to go all expenses paid to Lambeau Field and you're in the final draw. So there's 10 names that are pulled out of the hat every single month for that draw. And then next August, I will be drawing out someone to go all expenses paid. So for putting down a tenner and you get a trip that's worth over 2,000, it was about, what was it, 2,100 GBP. Um, so that's some return on your money. If you divide... 2100 and divide that by 10 that's how many months you'd have to be contributing in order for you to lose any money if you won that trip but anyway i digress that's quick snaps it's a long quick snaps it's a long snaps um and i'll be back after the game to preview all that went on straight after so do tune in anyway i'm at steady the nfl talk to you soon bye